Welcome to Probably Science. I'm Matt Kirshen. I'm Andy Wood. And I'm a Parna Nenshirt. Nope. <laughs> no. I'm Jesse Case. I'm, we always, I'm sorry. I'm Jesse Case. Oh, that's uh, a, it, it's strange that you made that mistake, though, because our guest yes. actually has the name that you nearly accidentally said. I, I, get, weird, I, I, I accidentally say that name all the time, and we finally you, you do. <laughs> found but someone a, with a the retur- name. <laughs> yeah. I know. It is, also, a, it is a very common name. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's it's got to be awkward the number of times people just put in a partner Nancella as their sort of like fake name when they're filling out online forms. Yes, Like a partner yes. at gmail.com and everything and then you're getting all this junk. Um, yeah, Birthday like, January 1st, yeah. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah, it's yeah. The, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's the most common Born 1900 password. as well, weren't you? you? I believe you were born 1900. Yes, yes, I was born January 1st, 1900, that's right. And... And also, weirdly, it's weirdly appropriate as well that so many people are, are doing that to you because you, Apana is now also the author of the fantastic book. I, I'm chugging through it at a great rate of knots because she is a great writer and really enjoyable and it shows in the book. But the book is called Unreliable Narrator, Me, Myself and Imposter Syndrome. That's but, right. I wrote a book. Um, I wrote a book and it's a bunch of essays about my struggles with self-doubt, which was not the best idea to write about. I learned very quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, for someone who's already got that as, as their main issue to just dive into it. <laughs> right. Now you're questioning if you wrote a book. Yeah, <laughs> I'm questioning. Yeah, 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 exactly. I'm like, is this even mine really? Right. <laughs> Right. I feel like almost anyone who writes a book as well at some point goes through a point of just what am I even doing? What's the this is absurd to try and write a whole book. What's the point of this? This is ridiculous. So yeah, to just be like opening that that part yeah, of your brain. Yeah. It was for, really not my best idea, I have to say. But, but now it's a book and now it's everyone else's problem. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> yeah. I I think a lot of like not someone's best idea has has taken off. You know what That's I mean? That's true. Yeah. For some reason, when you said that, I immediately thought of the how um, ice cream cones were invented. I don't know if that's what you were alluding to, Jesse. Uh, no, I was thinking of like uh, I was actually. This is weird. I was actually picturing boba. Oh, where I was is like, there a story behind boba? I don't think there's a story, but whoever invented it's a psycho. I mean, they're they're like, let's put some pudding in tea, and then everyone just loved it. But like, if you did, and, and also just like serve it with a with an oversized straw, so that for sure every so often it just kind of gets Augustus glooped in the straw, and then just shoots into the back of your mouth. And you're like, this is great. Yeah, but like, if you'd never heard of it, it looks like something that like someone on TikTok is doing for views, like a, like right, a, a right, spaghetti right. a spaghetti hamburger or whatever. I, 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 I want to. I, I, I'm not going to let this whole this whole stream though fly by without us doubling back to ice cream, ice cream cones. cones. Yeah, I don't know the is... I don't know the story. <laughs> you just oh. presented this as a fact that everyone knows. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yes. the, the story's pretty quick. I guess it's the uh, there was a guy selling ice cream outside in the summer. And it was hot, and you know it kept like melting. I don't know how he was originally serving it, but he decided to start um, wrapping it up in like waffles. And then just putting the ice cream inside the waffle and then handing it to them that way. And that was the yeah. first ice cream cone. But so you think that that guy probably also had better ideas, though? 
like well i just better. i don't i think he was just like you know improvising in the moment I, I wouldn't say he probably thought it was a terrible idea but he was probably just like i'm just gonna do this for today things are going awry just you winging know. it but then it yeah. took off it but was then the, it really took everyone off loved it. i would say it's still going strong to this day to this day everyone knows the name alfredo cornetto (laughs) (laughs) i mean now it's like you know they're not soft waffles they're like they got some rigidity to them they they really they've gotten bitter over time but um but yeah i would say the waffle part has held up Mm -hmm. absolutely so the waffle had to come so the waffle came first then. I didn't know any of this. I didn't know. I mean, I guess the waffle. I, I didn't know if the waffle was invented if someone was like, what if we flattened ice cream cones and had them for breakfast? Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. What if we took this ice cream cone maker <laughs> and put syrup on it? Like just someone really off the rails. Like That sounds like a TikTok. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right, right. Oh, there's, there's, like, there's, there's a bunch of cooking hacks that I, I keep seeing videos of online where people are making fresh pasta by blend by like putting regular dry pasta into a food blender and then mixing it with water and then sort of rolling it out <laughs> it's just <What>? like <laughs> oh no it just feels weirdly unnecessarily circular to make no. a worse version of something is oh. the idea that it's homemade then I think so, and I think you add an egg to it as well, so it's a little bit oh. more. It's a bit closer to. But I don't know if you if you're already going to the, all that effort, why not just buy? <laughs> I know, buy like the wheat, <laughs> like buy the grains properly and do it. I think like, it kind of that's yeah one of the just one of the other harbingers of the how society is derailing. My <laughs> my, uh, my mom just had a birthday and she's um, gotten very very into gardening and baking and all that stuff you know uh, I, she's always been into it but I think pandemic she really she went all in and I got her for her birthday I got her a bushel of like this large bushel of uh, cocoa pods so she could try to make her own chocolate like totally from scratch oh wow and uh, boy is it hard she she really <laughs> um, it's it's like there's a reason that's a whole industry that that you have to like be a part of and it's a people are paid for it uh, it's very difficult so, Has she done it? Or, uh, like, had, had any yeah, successful? You, you, you have to, like, uh, open the pods, and then this pulpy stuff comes out, but you have to ferment it. And oh, it's, wow. it's Yeah, it's it's the fruit. It's a fruit, and you have to ferment it. Then, then you crack open, like, the nibs, and then roasting the beans. There's so many steps before you have anything that in any way resembles chocolate. Uh I mean, it kind of blows my mind. Like, I wonder how long it took to, you know, it was only oral history up until that point. Right. So I, I've, it, it must have taken like 20,000 years to get to the point of someone like, try this, then this, then this, then we have chocolate. Because it's crazy. Uh, and no, it was horrible. It didn't work. But she wants to. Do it. <laughs> she, 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 no, it just tasted. It tasted like vinegar. Like she messed up the fermentation. She, she like should these, do. She should do the pasta thing where she just takes existing chocolate. She melts it and she adds yes. an egg. Yep. yep. That's how my dad like thinks he does. Like my dad makes his own salsa, but like the first step is buying salsa. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Like he like buys and then he just, like puts some corn in it. It's like I made. It's like, dude, you didn't make salsa. <laughs> you garnished salsa. Yeah. It's like you how we slightly all, embellished it. 
we all feel productive when we add crap to the frozen pizza we bought. Sure. Like, I, sure. I made a pizza. No, yeah. no, you didn't. You didn't make a pizza at all. And <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so don't try making chocolate unless you really have your stuff, unless you're a chemist. Right. I, and don't try get- making carob unless you're a masochist. Oh, I still don't fully understand what carob is. I don't either, but I know it's what the uh, the, the kid whose house you didn't want to go over to, <laughs> right, what right. his parents made him eat. But I, I've never, I don't think I've heard of carob. It's like a chocolate substitute that your neighbor's parents <laughs> think think can pass for chocolate, and it can't. <laughs> but is why it meant to be are we trying to? Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't remember the. It's better for you or something. Here, let me, I'm, it, I'm looking it up to see if I, I, I maybe this someone, didn't cross the pond. I don't know. I do yeah. know someone bought us once as a as a gift some. It was like ninety percent cocoa chocolate, and it was oh. one of the worst things. Like you, we, we, you'd almost challenge people to eat it as a bet. It used to take yeah. one square of it, and it removes all of the sort of moisture from your mouth it like just draws all the joy out of your yeah, face yeah the 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 cocoa percentage i, I mean i want to see data on like sociopathy and cocoa percentage because i think oh. I, I think once you get over 70 percent, like when you when you meet somebody and they're like yeah i only go 85 or above it's like you're that's scares me you know <laughs> Um, Jesse, I've I I have a confession to make. Oh no! What is this? What is this? I've 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 switched to a seventy and above lifestyle. Well, I'll go above seventy for sure. Okay. I go above seventy. I'm not a milk chocolate guy. I mean, I'm not I'm not some pushover. I know, but I I have bought a ninety bar before. I should say uh, it. That's wow, ninety. And what, what did you get out? Did you get like a rush out of the awfulness of it? <laughs> I think, I don't know what I was, I don't know what my headspace was. I'm sure I was feeling low, looking for new ways to feel anything. <laughs> well, there, is a, there is a strangely related story this week that Rachel Carter sent in, along with the, she emailed it in along with the notes, can Matt please read the name of this man's company? So I will oh, make sure I do oh, that when we since, get to that bit of the okay, story. Yes, oh. yes, we will. We will absolutely get to it. But but before we do, um, I would like to ask Aparna, when did you first uh, feel like uh, the fraud that you are? When um, <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> when no, this, I, well, no, I mean, when did this click that... is like, when did you notice this is first of all, uh, I, I think you're I'm not just saying this. I think you're uh, so brilliant and uh, deserving of everything and much more. Um, in uh, in this funny little little thing we call life, um, so when did your f- I would call it a false narrative develop? Because I also have those, you know. Sure, um, sure. When did you get the false? When did this narrative start? This, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think er- I think very early on, I just felt like I, I I'm sure a lot of kids had this, but like I didn't fit in, and I didn't really know how to fit in better, and I just felt like. All the other kids were like operating from a, I don't know, some kind of playbook that I didn't have access to. So I think I've always just had a mindset of like playing catch up with everyone else. And then I think as I got older, that just kind of crystallized into like, you don't know what you're doing, like whatever, whatever field you're in, you're just like, you're kind of like, you don't have the same uh, access to information as everyone else. And I, I don't know like why it got so bad, but it felt like it got worse the more 
success or opportunities I got. It just felt like that got louder, probably because I never like, you know, formed a foundation of <laughs> self-esteem. Right. Right. But I, I think that makes that makes total sense for that to get like, you know, that if you if you sort of naturally have a certain level of like, ah, I don't deserve this, the more you get, the more yes. you then feel yes. that that's, something's gone wrong. And this, I think, I think this industry is firstly rife with that feeling, but also just, I can't think in, in so many ways, it's both incredibly suited and incredibly unsuited to someone with that personality. Yeah, I mean, totally. So and many I, of us drift to it. Yeah. And I think also just how our industry can be so random in that the way, you know, you get stuff, you see like someone, your peer who has been working just as hard and for maybe longer than you and doesn't get a thing you're like well they definitely deserve a thing and they didn't get it and I got it like who am I you know like it's it's also sometimes it doesn't even make sense like why you know one person moves ahead and another person doesn't necessarily have that same trajectory so right. I think there's just a lot of ways to find doubt in the system anyway this is why astrology and Scientology <laughs> and all these things. I'm serious. This is why yeah, Hollywood is rife with them. You have to totally. make sense of this fickle ass business. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like your whole career could change or not based on whether a casting director got in an argument that morning with their toddler. <laughs> right. And like right. you're, you just right. like okay, I guess that's this feels good. You know. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are so many things like that in life. Like there's there's stats on. People have done studies on sentencing and or like appeals, oh, uh, whether people get yeah, their appeals. Uh, oh, after lunch and yeah, like parole. For- yeah, it's like yeah, but oh, your your parole gosh. hearing if it's straight after lunch, you're in a much better position than if it's just before lunch. <laughs> yeah, no, I always book mine at like one p.m. You know, um, every time I'm up for. for <laughs> I'm glad they they bought me a podcast mic. I just got one. I was just able to do that. So. Oh, um, it's so depressing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I completely, um, I, it's so hard. Cause like when, I think when you're a kid, if you start thinking you, you don't have the tools yet, I mean, you're, you don't have the tools at all to counter those narratives. Everything is the truth when you're a child. Uh, like, yeah, I, I guess what I mean is like, you believe your own brain. You, you take your thoughts very, your thoughts are the truth. You're- yeah, and, and I think you also assume you're, the way you see everything is sort of how everyone else is seeing everything, too. Yeah, and, and I think once a narrative starts, uh, it's really hard to, uh, like, like the there's something wrong with me narrative, which I think I was probably 10 or 11 maybe when that narrative, I mean, looking back, I had no idea, but I, I mean, looking back when that sort of, takes hold but it's like if you're not on it which of course you're not going to be because you're a child um it can really solidify yeah and it, it's hard like uh it just goes with you because you didn't have the tools to to be like ah, oh, no, that's uh that's kind of silly you know or or whatever i don't know yeah it's interesting i did like a very um non-scientifically rigorous survey of just like peers uh when i was writing the book of just like have they experienced imposter syndrome like when did you know how did it manifest for them and there were like i would say 98 percent of people experienced it but i think there were like one or two people are like no i've never i've never had that and i i don't know why i just i've never felt that way and i was just like that's we should be studying those people yeah (laughs) (laughs) like what where did you just have the unbridled like where did you find your unbridled confidence yeah 
And I would say the two people, I, I mean, I kept it anonymous, but I wouldn't say like the two people said they didn't have it are like people I would be like, oh, but that's definitely like a sociopath or something. No, I, I mean, I just speaking for myself, like there have been times in my life when I think I've not had or I thought I didn't have it. I thought, oh, I'm confident. I'm I'm on it, whatever. Uh, but then, of course, that was just me. That was a lack of self-awareness because that was just like extreme avoidance. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Like I was yeah, I was yeah, just like yeah. running from my feelings or insecurities, like full mm-hmm. blinders up. So, yes. And you can only make it so far before it catches you. So there have been like little one or two year periods in my life where I've been, I thought, confident. It was really it was a house of cards. But like the the real uh the real mind fuck of it is that's when like the the career stuff like went the best oh gosh you know what i'm saying <laughs> does that make sense like no it totally makes like, sense because like i think that's like i was big... crushing yeah. it but i was still running i was like i was still wily coyote just not looking down but like i was just walking out over a cliff right <laughs> but, right but i was like but like it works and then uh so that's also very weird um I, yeah <laughs> I don't know. I, don't I think know what people really buy into, you know, the appearance of confidence. Like even yeah. if, yeah, the performance of confidence is Americans love it. Mm-hmm. So but also my, it has to be the right amount. Of, yes. Like as stand up, you know, you we know on stage that there's like, there's like a perfect, there's like a right amount of confidence and then there's mm-hmm. a wrong amount. Like I can think of times where I've ruined a gig by just not, but by being too in my head and too nervous, but also there's times where I've ruined a gig by being too blasé. Yeah. And right. Right. Like I, I can think of two times. Your high kick I, phase was so weird. <laughs> yeah. You would come out and do the high kick and it was so weird. Yeah. And then, but, but the thing with those, but it worked. I mean, the thing is that worked, but sometimes, <laughs> it, it, sometimes when I tried the spin kick, that was where like spin oh. and then high kick, that's when it really went to, no, but I could also think of just two times where I had terrible gigs in London in the last, I think it was about seven, five or six years ago now, because I don't gig in London very often, but both times it was the third gig in a, in a triple up where, mm. and I feeling was good, gig- feeling good. Yeah. yeah, it's exactly the same. Exactly the same thing happened both times. Gig number one was pretty good. Like I had a fun gig. Gig number two was just rocking, like an uh. absolutely great gig. Because I think I went in with just that little bit of extra swagger because I just had a good gig, so I was feeling really buoyed. And then gig number three, I went on with just the overconfidence of the great gig, forgetting that this is an entirely new group of people who <laughs> have not seen see. me be. Oh, no. <laughs> like they had, they hadn't seen me be fun. So I was like. I hadn't. I sort of didn't prove myself to them enough in the first crucial first thirty seconds to a minute, and the, right. then you just right. feel the gig slipping away, and then it just turns completely on its head, and every ounce of confidence just drains from your body, and then uh. you know you feel like a little trickle of sweat down the back, and you just try and keep the straight face, and it's just yeah, yeah. We've all been there, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it is. But it is weird how much of it is is like the right level of confidence trick. It's also mm-hmm. like it's weird how much of it is a self-fulfilling prophecy that I, even though you know that I can't at least I, I I can't muster it like um like if you're like okay I'm I'm going to go this is going to be really fun and I'm going to do really well right it generally does because you're that's your vibe or whatever but like sometimes I still can't even though you know that it's strange to me that my brain would still sabotage that 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes like, you're saying that, but you don't believe it, so it still doesn't work. Yeah. Hmm. I was. I don't know if this is in this week's science stories, but someone told me recently that it's been definitively proved there's no such thing as free will. I read that yesterday, and I <laughs> I don't know, okay. but I only read the headline, and it I I don't know. If I it was also like, only read the headline. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it was like clickbait or not and i don't think i have the free will to read it it just was there for me um i mean i think yeah any argument that's logical comes to that conclusion because to say anything otherwise is to imply magic and whatever magic might exist but like it's magic like the fact that some people exhibit what seems to be more free will than others because Mm. of things that were out of their control like how they were raised in their genes like yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. also implies a lack of free will. The fact that right. if free will were real, it wouldn't be doled out in different amounts. Like right, that. right. So right. yeah, it's all everything you do. You're a product of everything that's come before you, whether that is environmental or genetic, and you chose none of those things. So how could you imply that anything? Well, I mean, yeah. I, it would come down to like there are reasons you are making your choice. With yes, every choice. everything oh, every right, happens right. for a reason, not in the hippie sense of like a good reason, but like everything every, is right. Every choice, a consequence make. of prior things. Right. Every every action has a consequence, and your choices. Yes. There are reasons for your choices. Yes. Right, and you um, could, and you could, you could suddenly start to act as though, in a way that you perceive as having more free will, but that's just, that's just. Like because of some input, like you could read some book that tells you to seize the day. Well, now that now that new day seizing is a consequence of this input yeah. that was the book. It's not as if. Sure, sure. I uh, recently read an article that there's no such thing as free willy, which is weird. <laughs> oh, no. it was just a yeah. It was a, a an it was or- a hoax. Yeah, it was an orca film denier. <laughs> um, yeah, it was actually filmed on a soundstage in Hollywood. <laughs> Yeah, Kubrick, <laughs> Kubrick faked Free Willy. It was, um, <laughs> that's so stupid. Um, upon a- wait, wait, wait. I have to say something really quick about orcas that I also heard recently, uh, I think on another podcast. But remember when the orca pods were like bullying people? Oh, or, yeah. Oh, they yeah. were like no, terrorizing no, yeah, Like sinking boats ship. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, apparently this one scientist said that the explanation was that Orcas just like orca pods kind of are like teen, like clicks of teenagers in that they just like they catch on to a fad and then they're like just really into that for a while. And then and then they move on to something else. So one of the things they were into was like this, whatever, like hazing boats or something. But then they were giving another example of like fads they've had. And one of them was that they would wear fish that they had killed on their faces like hats. Oh, that's right. I I remember that story. Yes. I just can never. It was just the best thing I ever heard. Yeah, wasn't it like salmon hats? But then when we talked about it, I was picturing they made salmon sashimi somehow, and it was like a little cube of orange on top of their head. But But they were just wearing. It's so weird, because that is exactly how teenage fads start as well. Like someone just starts wearing some clothes backwards or... (laughs) <laughs> whatever and it's just like ah, I guess that's what we're doing now we're all wearing fish hats <laughs> and now dude I was just at the gym yesterday there was a kid who must have been like 18 he had the exact like 
1995 haircut that I that dumb parted down the middle thing. No. Like, oh, the, the butt oh, cut. The butt with the, cut. With the, with the curtains. <laughs> the curtains. It's back. No. I never thought that it would come back, and I, I think this is true. In, I mean, in the '90s in general, but that was the first time I was like, oh, "That's '95." Like he's baby. just like new yeah. kids on the block backup dancer or something. But, yeah, but that's yeah. Oh that's proper vintage to them, though. Yes. Like, that's 28 years ago. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. uh, I play in this. Uh, I I play music with these guys, and the the drummer has, um, I think, a 12 year old or something, and he was talking about how or 12 or 13 or something. So he's gotten really into cars, but the cars he's really into are cars that all of us would totally scoff at. Like it would be like a, oh. a nineteen ninety seven, you know, like like cars Saturn? that he thinks are cool old. <laughs> yes, yeah, sell right. your Saturn. Oh, <laughs> like like the stuff that they think is cool is stuff that we thought was so dumb in nineteen ninety five. Now it's retro, but it's the car you learned to drive on because it was the yeah. car that you, your parents didn't mind you crashing. Right, right, right. right. My grandma's Cutlass Sierra. Yeah, yeah. It's just uh, it's just interesting to me that like a bunch of mid '90s stuff that we were like, no man, come on, you know. <laughs> yeah, I I've heard like an insult now that kids use on their parents is like, you were born in the 1900s, and I was like, oh no. <laughs> I mean that that is insane though. It is. It is insane. That, like we were born like like. Airplanes didn't exist at the start of our century. I know. I like, know. Yeah. We were born. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, no one had seen a germ before, you know, the, the century we were born oh, in. Oh, yeah. I was yeah, just reading. Is that right? I was just reading yeah. uh, The Machine Stops by E.M. Forster. Have you guys read that? Mm-mm. Great book to read in this current AI era and crazy that it was written in 1909. So as I'm reading it, I'm Googling... Actually, ironically, I'm using ChatGPT to paint a picture for what 1909 was <laughs> technologically, so I can see what because the book is getting everything about uh, our smartphone addiction and AI correct, but it still thinks we have to get from place to place using uh, airships. It takes two days because <laughs> the airplane was like the Wright brothers had only happened like within the last five or ten years, but there Whoa. were you know they didn't realize wow. airplanes are going to be faster than just dirigibles. So like it's a future where you have a machine that makes everything for you, gives you all your entertainment, but you still take two days to travel by it's airship. It's a balloon to another country. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But it is really crazy that this 1909 book got all these things about AI so right. Well, you know, there was a little book written about 2,000 years ago that got everything right, Andy. (laughs) Uh, Star and a little man named Jesus. (laughs) I... Uh, is he a little man? Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, probably everyone was shorter back then. That's true. That's true. That's something, true. Uh, something I've been thinking about that's weird is like, uh, and hopefully this, you know, none of this happens, but, uh, you know, I've got an anxiety disorder. But like, uh, you know, the news is popping off. If you watch the news, thing, mm. things feel like they're popping off. And I think it's, it's very interesting that uh, like all of our dumb outfits and cars and stuff that we have right now could be considered pre-war one day. <gasps> you know oh I mean? my like, god oh. <laughs> like like no like if you see somebody twerking it's like you see those pre-war dance moves like <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> it's just this, so, is, this is the like the roaring 20s <laughs> yeah like, just, like uh just whatever dumb 
you know, like your dumb hat. Like, look at that guy's pre-war hat. It's like a guy in a beanie. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> By the way, uh, we officially are not going to get, like, I was, uh, during COVID, I, I was, like, looking for a glimmer of hope, and there was a guy who had made a good argument for how 2024 was going to be the roaring 20s. We're not going to get a roaring 20s. It doesn't no. always happen. We don't get a period. Uh, if, if the last two weeks have shown us anything, we don't get any well, fun it, times after COVID. Do we, th- but weren't the roaring, the roaring twenties were still only for 0.1% of people. Yeah. Like, like we are in the roaring twenties. We got people with super yachts and shit. Mm. Like weren't most people in the roaring. Oh, so they're basically, they're, they're gasping it up. Yeah. But wasn't that also what it was like in the twenties? Like, it, it's not like. That's true. Like we see these photos uh, and it's like, oh, but I mean, like, dude, 10 people had a camera. It was like a million dollars for a camera. <laughs> so like, <laughs> I, I don't think, I just think most people were very poor in the 20s. Uh, is uh, my, interesting. interesting. That's my hot take. They got more poor, but like, all right. You know, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I think right now things are way more roaring for the <laughs> The roaring. Right, right. Well, you you know what's particularly roaring and what we're not short of? What's that, Nice buddy? work, man. Right. Uh, ca- capsaicin. Oh, yeah? Uh, really? Pe- pepper heat. There is. This is a story that, w- that we've been working towards for the last <laughs> 15 minutes that was sent in. There is a, there is a new ex- exciting news in the world of heat and food. There is a new hottest pepper that has been officially confirmed by the good people at Guinness uh, Ed Curry who is the South Carolina hot pepper expert who crossbred Ooh. and grew the Carolina Reaper uh, which we discussed a couple of episodes ago has broken his own world record with, an, with a pepper that is three times hotter that he has dubbed Pepper X it is uh, <laughs> beating out oh this is there is, a, there is a lot of very intentional alliteration in this KTTC article but <laughs> written by Jeffrey Collins and the Associated Press. Um, it says, uh, beating, out, beating out the Reaper in Curry's decade-long hunt to perfect a pepper that provides immediate brutal heat. Mm. Uh, and when he, he tried it, he ate it himself. Um, it does. Say, I don't know if it's in this article, but I did read another article where it says he's actually a former addict and then employs a lot of yeah. uh, recovering addicts in his oh. in the, his salsa factory which kind the, of makes sense as well that completely that completely tracks with just like okay you're not doing well, his, drugs anymore this is your new thing, high that you're chasing that is significantly less dangerous but did give him cramps for three and a half hours <laughs> yeah his company is called pucker butt <laughs> Oh yeah, that's true. I believe that's that's, a, that, that's what Rachel said, asked me to say. Apparently, Puckabutt is the name of his company. Puckabut. There you go, Rachel. Thank you for the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he wow. said he was he was laid out flat on a marble wall for approximately an hour in the rain, groaning in pain. <laughs> oh <my> God. <laughs> so, um, it's it says. Uh, and again, we discussed these numbers in that the other day, but now there's an update. So heat in peppers is measured in Scoville heat units. Yep. Uh, zero is bland, mm-hmm. so that would be just like a, a green pepper or green like a bell pepper. Um, a jalapeno pepper registers around five thousand units. A habanero, which apparently was the record holder twenty five years ago, I did not know that. But the, uh, so this is all intentional man made crossbreeding <gasps> that has caused yeah. these ludicrously hot peppers. Oh. 
Um, well, I'm guessing the habanero the was ghost probably pepper was one of the first ones. But yeah, habanero was a hundred thousand. That was probably also scovels. a man, uh, you know, I'm uh, sure, cult- yeah. cult- cultivated. Cultivated. Pepper, yeah. So habanero is a hundred thousand. Is a hundred thousand scovels. The Carolina Reaper is 1.64 million. <gasps> Pepper X has now is an average of 2.69 million. Oh my god! And it says by comparison, Pepper Strip, Police Pepper Spray is around 1.6 million units. Bear Spray is 2.2 million. So this is stronger than Bear Spray. <laughs> stronger than Bear Spray. Yes. <laughs> like I'm gonna put that in my body. Um, yeah. Wow. So what pe- do you think is the? Do you think there's like um. It's like a, the same thing as like a bungee jumper or something like thrill-seeking, wanting oh, to... Oh, I think absolutely, yeah. And yeah. also then like the, the endorphin rush that you get from it as well. I'm sure it's like... Like me you know, and, and it, my 90 bar. Exactly, yeah. yeah. You and your 90 bar. Uh, people who go on like ultra marathons or any other yeah. kind of extreme, you know, push yourself past the pain barrier and then keep going kind of things. Uh, I think I think that's all the same or all similar mentality. Wow, Pepper X. There was a book, actually. There was a whole book about pain and masochism written by a science writer a couple of years ago that was really good. Hang on, we can see if I can find it. That so the, delves into all of this. The habanero, um, I mean, I know it's it's probably been cultivated, but it does look like it was a natural find. Okay, uh, sorry. Comes, no, no, I mean, that's oh. a, comes from the Amazon. Um, and then, it was, then it eventually spread, reaching Mexico. Um... Uh, yeah, there you go. Her name's uh, Lee, Lee Cowart, L-E-I-G-H, and then C-O-W-A-R-T, and the book's called Hurt So Good, The Science and Culture of Pain on Purpose. Oh. Um, but it definitely goes into, like, people who chase ultra-hot foods and that kind of thing. Yeah, so it says, Pepper X has been in the works since Curry last set the hottest pepper record with a Carolina Reaper. That was 2013, which is a bright red knobby fruit with what aficionados call a scorpion tail. The goal was to offer an extremely hot prep pepper flavored with sweetness. Pepper X is greenish yellow, doesn't have the same shelf appeal, and carries an earthy flavor once its heat is delivered. It's a crossbreed of a Carolina Reaper and what Curry mysteriously classifies as a pepper that a friend of mine sent from Michigan that was brutally hot. No. <laughs> Could be 23andMe this thing or something? Yeah, uh, yeah I don't know. It, so it says, the chemical in peppers that causes the burn is called capsaicin, and is not dangerous unless pounds of it are consumed. Even though the even so, the minds of humans and other mammals perceive it as a threat and send a strong burning signal to the body. Because birds don't have the same reaction, they are able to spread pepper seeds while sparing the plant. I didn't know that. That's interesting. The burning, yeah, the burning sensation spurred in humans also releases endorphins and dopamine into the body. Um, and Curry, who went all into growing peppers after kicking drug and alcohol addictions, considers that kick a natural high. He shares his peppers with medical researchers, hoping they can use them to cure diseases and help people who suffer chronic pain or discomfort. Yeah, and apparently there's a lot of testing and proof to show that it is a different plant with a different fruit. He documents his average heat over different plants and generations. He said, we cover the genetics, we cover the chemistry, we cover the botany. And he's trying to build an empire of hot pepper sauces through his Puckabuck company. It's so funny to me when um, like a company or even like a like a band or something like starts as sort of a joke, but then it gets really big. So it's just stuck with like pucker butt as the name. Like it's a or Pearl Jam. Oops. Our joke is now uh, headlining. Oops. We're number one. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. Oh, there is. Uh, so also, yeah. he didn't copyright. He didn't trademark in any way the Carolina Reaper, and a bunch of people, like ten thousand <gasps> products that, that use the name or his intellectual property, have been used without his permission. So he is protecting Pepper X. He says no seeds will be released until he's sure his children, his workers, many of whom are on their second chances like him, and their families can fully earn the rewards of his work. Like I read an- another art- interview with him. He sounds like a just genuinely good guy who just has this sort of. <laughs> hot pepper death wish yeah <laughs> it is interesting though that he frames it as like therapeutic because i've heard people talk about those like you know c- cold plunges as like therapeutic yeah. where right. it is like you know going through some kind of pain and then there's some high on the other side of it but uh, yeah i wonder i wonder if that's also tied to just like him being an addict and that you know i'm, I'm one- sure i'm sure it is because that addiction is very closely tied to think to dopamine yeah and um, and also endorphins are meant to be a sort of natural opiate, aren't they? So that, right, right, right. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure this is a way that he can, you know, chase that sort of... Feel something for once in my goddamn life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. But like chase that feeling and like trigger those, trigger those chemicals in his body, but without the sort of harmful side of drug and alcohol addiction. It does say in the article that one teenager died at some point yeah. from eating. Yeah, so this is why we covered the story a couple of weeks ago. It was like oh. a kid actually died from, uh, it was one of those like hot food challenges that you can buy, you know, oh, that sort God. of the people are then doing on TikTok and the like, where it's like a candy or some or a chip that you eat and you have to film yourself successfully keeping it in your mouth for a minute oh. or whatever it is. Oh, God, this, this, this author is enjoying this. Curry wants people to eat peppers and think they can benefit thinks they can benefit from the rush that comes after the burn. He calls most hot pepper challenges stupid and cautions pepper peakers against being overly <laughs> ambitious and reaching too quickly for a Carolina Reaper or a Pepper X. He said you need to build up a tolerance. I mean, and also it, says he's working on something even stronger. That's wow. in, that's interesting though if it says first of all that the heat is just in your brain but then someone died. I mean we covered the death before. Well, yeah, all that, pain is in your brain. It doesn't mean it's not real. Right. Well, yeah, no, that's you're true. Correct, correct. But um, I, I suppose this is because of a chemical rather than like actual nerve. It sounds like rather than actual nerve pain, rather than free willing yourself into being in pain from Free Willy the hoax movie. <laughs> yeah. But I I wonder if they could invent some sort of pepper or Narcan. Like if you've eaten, oh. if you've eaten something that's too spicy, you know, and restaurants start having it or something, like yeah, uh, isn't it? Just what do like they give them? Yogurt? What do they give people on that hot one show? Is it milk? It's like milk or ice cream I usually. Think, yeah, I think dairy yeah. products are, are meant to be one of the better things at neutralizing. Water doesn't help. Right, water doesn't help. Um, but I think yeah, I think dairy products do help to an extent. Hmm. I also think it's interesting that uh, all of these super hot peppers are technically the same species, kind of like how. Um, you know, kale and broccoli and uh, collard greens and uh, cauliflower are all the same species, but just different cultivars of that. Yeah, and Brussels sprouts. And Brussels, Brussels sprouts. sprouts, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. And there's really? a few uh, in I Colby. Broccoli and kale were the same. Yeah, thing. I found this yeah. out recently as well. They're all like different parts of the same plant, and then that have been selectively bred to overgrow in one bit or the other. But yeah, all of the hot, hottest peppers, so from Scoville, I mean, from Habanero on up through Pepper X, these are all capsicum chinense or Chinese, I'm not sure. And then all of the um, bell peppers and jalapenos and cayenne peppers, 
those are all the same species. Those are all Capsicum annuum. But the uh, okay. But it was it also wasn't it. It was misnamed because they thought that it came from China. Oh, is that true? Oh yes, Chinese capsicum. It's a misnomer. Yeah, they, they it was uh, just misnamed because it came from. It started in the Amazon, but they thought. Oh. They thought it came from, uh, from China. Oh. There are. Uh, we've got a couple of clarifications of from stories. Oh yes, comments from stories that we've covered that, or uh, things that we've talked about in I think recent oh, yeah. episodes. Oh. I think we're pretty right about everything. Well, this, so. I, th- I think this isn't this isn't an inaccuracy. I think this is just a clarification or a. Uh, elaboration on things that we discussed. So in the last episode with Dave Hill, you talk, Jesse, you were talking about sports coaches who uh, wore the uniform for yes. their sport, like baseball coaches who get full baseball kitted up despite being, you know, a man in his sixties who is yes. very unlikely to get caught onto the pitch, <laughs> mm-hmm. onto the field. Yeah, uh, I obviously crushed uh, it on that riff, and I don't see did. why huh? anyone emailed. <laughs> well, 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 I, uh, Sarah. Sarah Kalworski, um, who says, not a science story, but a story from a scientist. So thank you, Sarah, for actually being a real scientist. Writes in to say, I grew up playing water polo in Canada. We had this old 70-something Hungarian coach who, unlike all our other coaches, would wear a Speedo at all times while on the pool deck. I never once saw him get in the pool. Wow. So... So that's just his work uniform. That's a beautiful. <laughs> I love. I love an old Hungarian man in a speedo just giving instructions. Yeah, just, yeah. It really matters if this pool is outside or not, though. That answers a lot of questions. Oh yeah. Well, it's in Canada, so. Oh gosh. I'm guessing it's an indoor pool. Is. Uh, yeah, I mean that's even funnier. Like swim, swim coaches wearing the gear. Yeah, that's just, that's a solid. What is uh, what do they say? Dress for the job you want. <laughs> right. right. I don't know. Does that mean he wants to be playing? I don't know. Oh, it just it just gives them the idea that like you better buck up your ideas because I could tag you out at any moment. Right. Right. <laughs> just, right. Yeah, I just I don't understand the because you know I guess what is it like hockey and basketball? They wear suits, but then football they just wear like sort of a track it's like they're going oh, to the yeah. gym but they're not i i just i don't know how they i don't i don't know which sports pick our coaches are going to wear this ridiculous crap versus other like i don't i don't know i don't know i, I guess the football one they just they do have to move around a lot more so they need to have, be in like oh, right. sort of athletic wear just the size of the of the field compared to hockey and basketball is that part of it i don't know I don't do they? I mean, are they running? Are, yeah, they, don't they, they move around a, a bit more? Maybe not, not that much. I guess you guys are gonna get so many emails. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a sports guy. I'm just trying to think of some reason why. Yeah, football is definitely the most like. Um, you're never gonna see a a, a, a suit. You're right. You're yeah. See, like a, yeah. Just a capri, a nice capri, uh-huh. and. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I was as the business shoulder pads. I also yep. you're, they're outside. A lot of times it's it is it is like cold. You just need like a winter or you know a windbreaker, right? Oh, that's I, I believe true. there's also yeah. a discussion on the new football cliches podcast, the most recent episode about the doctors, the medics in Spanish football teams wearing full suits. Oh, when Do I they? don't I don't know what the specific reason is for that, but anyway, um, there is another clarification or or other elaboration from listener Cujo Marble. Okay. Uh, I don't even remember what we were talking about that prompted this, but the, the email just 
it, it's the two <laughs> it's a very short email that says i have a subject line you can give chickens glasses uh <laughs> okay body of the email i have given a chicken glasses it didn't like it that is all <laughs> okay all right yeah i mean i i, I vaguely re- i remember us discussing uh, can chickens wear glasses yeah yep yeah. so there we go the hard it has been att- it has been attempted and at least i'm, I'm gonna say this is a small study size small sample so maybe not as scientifically rigorous as we might want from a from a full study but it it does at least suggest that the full study is is maybe not worth scaling up it might this might be a lost cause (laughs) how do you test a chicken's vision well you ask it (laughs) if it can see i mean like anyone else you ask it to read the you know better like this or like this we have done like there have been loads of studies though that have come up on the show over the years about testing the vision of different animals and i think Mm. it is about sort of seeing what they peck at and see what they react to. I see, I see. I think there was a story about... God, I saw a story yesterday. I've got to find this now. Cause about whether... It, uh, about whether birds are aware of their reflection. Um, and oh. a, a clarification of it. Um, hmm. So maybe... Maybe, maybe we should... Co- let, let me see if I can find that story. But um, I did see a good... Uh, a good TikTok of a drunk dude fighting his own reflection in a, in a, in a bar mirror. <laughs> it seemed legit. Oh, his like, a, like it was a real reaction? Like he was just that? Like it was a guy who was capturing over his shoulder as this guy he didn't know was drunkenly punching himself in the mirror in the bar. Wow. Wow. That should be the video at the real. bottom of the article about how there's no free will. <laughs> <laughs> Back when I uh, back when I drank, uh, uh, which is a, a you know a messy few years there. But back back when I drank, I was at a bar one time and I had to go pee and I went and I stood at the urinal and um, I just pissed my pants. I forgot to take my penis out. Oh. I just uh, I just oh, no. stood there and peed. <laughs> I like thought I was peeing in the urinal. You know what I mean? I was like ah, and then I was like oh nope nope forgot the step there. Oh, forgot step oh, one. No. Yeah, forgot step one. What's, right. what's worse between felt- like forgetting to take it out and forgetting to put it back away again? Um, I, I think forgetting to put it back away again because then it's like you're crossing over into, you know, there could be like police involved. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's that's I think. Right, yeah. right, right. You know, but um, no, I mean, I. My point is, even in that state, I think I would have known my reflection. I think I would have passed the test. <laughs> of like, oh, that's a mirror, and that's me. You know. Yeah. Right. Well, um, can I ask you? Guys, can I ask the three of you to click on that link and and give me your assessment? It doesn't seem staged to me. So I we'll we'll put this in the show notes as well, so that listeners can also check click on this Instagram reel and see. Yes, it was not TikTok. I guess I, I'm not on TikTok. I always assume when I see a video like this that it was somebody reposting a TikTok onto an Instagram reel. But um, what do we think? Is this guy is this guy for real? Fighting himself. He, uh, let's see. I or is he yeah, just angry I think, with himself? I, yeah, but that's the thing. I, I yeah. think he, whatever he's doing is legit. Like he's not state. I don't. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's not it's staged. Not performative. But I don't, no. Whether yeah. he thinks that's a different person or whether he's just sort of like you fucking idiot kind of like right. Yeah. Like he's just sort of angrily banging in the mirror at himself. Yeah, right. he might be aware of what mirrors are, but he chastising. still hates himself in his drunken state. Yes. Yeah. Yes, so he's yes, still chastising yes. himself. 
He's still chastising the person in the mirror, but he does know that that person is him. This is <laughs> the personification of imposter syndrome, you guys. Yes, yes. We're seeing it, it right here. Wow. Because it's, like, it's usually like that's a usually an internal or a private argument with yourself, but because he's drunk, he doesn't realize that everyone is seeing it. Oh, poor Are you guy. Guys, this is uh, completely unrelated to science stories, um, and it's also not really a segue into anything I have to say, but um, are you guys getting into, Hall- are you doing fun Halloween stuff? Oh. Mm, I don't know. Do you guys get, in, really... get into it? or? I hate the obligation of, uh, I'm just so bad at, at costumes, and it just always makes me, Yeah, I always yeah. disappoint myself and others. Um because I just don't have that kind of maker mindset. So, I, I, yeah, I've never had a good costume, so I always feel bad at parties. Yeah, yeah um, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not that excited about the whole costuming part, but, you know, I, 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 like, I like an enjoyable gathering. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, I like seeing other people's creativity because I feel like I never can think of anything interesting. Though I did see a good kid's costume the other day. I saw this little boy just wearing a cardboard box and he just wrote eggs on it. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's nice. That's yeah. great. That's yeah. great. Carton of eggs. I had a good yeah. cardboard uh, robot costume in like second grade Ooh. that my mom made and we you know, used the air conditioner or the dryer vent ducting yeah. for the yep. arms, spray painted yep. the whole thing gold, had like um, those egg things that pantyhose comes in. Half of those for eyes, I think. Uh, But then the box was so big that my hands didn't connect in front, so I couldn't eat. I couldn't pick up candy or I couldn't put candy in my mouth. So I had to take it off. I wore it to school, but then I had to take it off to eat candy. I I know... um like Holly will try and put our cats in Halloween gear and they... Mm. To their their eternal fury. Uh, we We can just about get Doug to wear a bow tie. Oh yeah, uh, cats like a, do a not tie, but. Yeah. like to be dressed. They up. like they like being in the nude. They're all nudists at heart. I um, they, I I'm going so this afternoon. I'm going to a haunted hayride. You uh, are. I am. Nice. Um, Wait, go- do they do non-haunted hayrides at other times well, so, of year? So that's the thing. I have so many questions about how the hayride became haunted, and right if it's just the route is haunted, or because. I would assume originally it had to be an unhaunted hayride and something happened. Someone died and they have a, you know, they have unfinished business on the, our mortal realm and they've haunted this yeah. hayride. And I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know how it's going to work. I had a friend who worked at a haunted hayride and she said her job was to just scream every 10 minutes. Like they put her in somewhere in the field and then she would just, you know, time herself. And then every 10 minutes, she would have to scream. I didn't even know you could. I've just been doing that for 20 years. I didn't know you could get paid. <laughs> I live alone and that just happens. I, I don't know. Wow. Um, I've just, by the way, I've just sent you a picture of um, our cat looking furious in a, in a Halloween costume oh, to your yeah, text messages. She, she looks just like a human oh, lady. Text- Oh, she looks so. Oh no, that's Holly. Sorry. Angry. Yes. Yeah. But then, yes. Is is Doug uh, in a little Frankenstein hat? Oh, <laughs> that's great. Looking, that's... looking livid. I'll, I'll, I'll see if I, I, I think I can. We can put that somewhere on the website for your. <laughs> you never see anyone in. Uh, you never see neck bolts anymore. 
you know? No. You never see a good set no. of neck bolts. And I, I thought even in non-Frankenstein applications, uh, you'd see them more. Like some sort of, you know, like almost like a tracheotomy. You'd think you would see some people that oh. need, they need neck bolts. Like it would be like I'm a, surprised mm-hmm. that's not like a body modification that people have done. Because you've right. seen like people do like the horns made out of coral and stuff. And like that, I've seen people do that that of like people with extreme body mods and full face tattoos and everything mm-hmm. i've never seen the i've never seen the neck bolts that ha- feels like a piercing that should exist yep. yeah have you guys ever seen the bagel heads what yeah oh yeah yeah where they inject it's uh, like a silicon ring isn't it yeah yeah oh yeah subcutaneous silicon ring forehead right yeah so why is there okay. a neck bolt that's, I, that I, like i thought this podcast was about to get so racist <laughs> Um, I, we're just, a part of just went off the rails. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, no, I'm. Saying, <laughs> oh yes. no! They should they should come up with a better name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have seen the bagel heads? And good good night, everyone. And then that's. <laughs> um. Yes, I have seen the. I've seen that modification, and it's awful. It's the weirdest. I mean, I guess you could call them the donut heads. I don't know why they decided it's a bagel. Yeah, what's the difference? Um, let me see here. Frosting. I so when I is it even called that though? Uh, when I Google it, I'm just seeing restaurants called Bagel Heads in Florida. Oh, maybe. Is it spelled um, with a Z? It's been scrubbed from the internet. Um, let me go to image here. Oh no! It so you can go with donut head or bagel head. Okay. Um, you can go with either. And is it uh, a third eye kind of thing? I mean, that's what it sort of looks like. Like, what's hmm. the significance? Yeah, I don't know. Is it, I, is it I, permanent? I, I can't. Oh, it says it's a temporary. Well, it's got to be Wikipedia like Botox, it says right? It's like a it'll... temporary swelling. Okay. Hmm. Donut head surgery. But then apparently uh, it appeared on a National Geographic TV special in 2012, and then it was falsely declared a Jap- Japanese trend. I guess it wasn't actually one. Okay. Interesting. This is back in the day, days when... You can only really get away with that pre-internet when you could just put something in a magazine and go like, ah, this is from Japan. Right, <laughs> <This> is- right, right. <laughs> The crazy people of the Orient. <laughs> it's just, and it's just like a guy with slightly dark skin in a circus sideshow. It's just like, no, he's from Des Moines. He's just, yeah. Wow. So, uh, roosters. Yes. Here we go. Roosters oh. act differently uh, when faced with another chicken oh. versus their own reflection. This may mean that the birds can recognize themselves in a mirror, a key test of self awareness in animals this is a new scientist story the way researchers tailored this mirror test to roosters may open up new methods of determining self-recognition in a diversity of animal species Uh, in the traditional mirror self-recognition test developed in 1970 researchers place a mark on an animal's body in a spot that it could only see reflected in a mirror they note if the animal inspects or touches the mark while examining its own reflection suggesting it understands the reflection represents its body uh Precious few non-human species have passed the test, but those that ha- have included some great apes, dolphins, elephants, and magpies. 
In recent years, researchers have claimed other species like penguins, horses, cleaner wrasse fish, and manta rays have passed the test, but not without controversy. <laughs> Results from the test are often highly variable. So Sonja Hillemacher at the University of Bonn in Germany and her colleagues wondered if this has less to do with the animals not recognizing themselves and more to do with the fact that there is little natural motivation for many animals to investigate the marks. Looking at behaviors relevant to a species' day-to-day -day life may give more reliable insights. So here they go. Here was the, here's the test they did. They turned, the, they turned to roosters, which loudly alert other chickens to the presence of nearby predators, but stay quiet when alone. Uh, in the lab, the researchers tested 68 roosters one by one in an arena divided down the middle by a wire mesh. They placed a bird on one side and either left the other side empty or put another rooster in it. Then they added a mirror to the divider for some tests. To mimic a threat, they projected the silhouette of a hawk on the ceiling above the arena. <laughs> so the researchers found that when a rooster was paired with another rooster, it raised the alarm far more often than when it was alone in the arena regardless of whether it could see its re reflection. Having another rooster present, but blocked from view behind a mirror, led to similarly few alarms, suggesting they distinguish between reflection and reality through vision, not smell or sound. So, okay, so when, so when, there's, another, when there's another rooster there and they think that there's a hawk coming, they make a loud noise to go, there's a fucking hawk coming. Right. When they're by themselves, they don't oh. make the warning sound. And when there's the reflection of themselves in a mirror, they also don't make the warning sound. Hmm. Huh. So it seems that they're aware that this reflection is them. Okay. All right. That's kind of interesting. Realize, yeah, I didn't realize so few species have passed that test. I knew dolphins and apes had, but I didn't know. I guess the other ones, I guess a lot of birds, but manta rays, that one. Well, interesting. well aren't, aren't there some species where it's uh, even within the species? Um it can be different. Like, so I, I have, uh, I have two cats. One of them knows her reflection and knows that it's her. The other does not. And it's, it's weird. Yeah. Um, I mean, we have dumb humans and smart humans. Why can't there be? True. Have you tried, like, does the other cat ever, like, if you put like a pane of glass there, can they do like the sort of Marx Brothers mirror routine? <laughs> yeah, no, they're, they're learning all sorts of fun. So they'll do like a Buster Keaton stuff, all sorts of fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you got to see this cat in the front of a train. It's hilarious. Um, Can you make your cat, like, pretend to walk downstairs or, like, row a boat behind a couch? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. Um, I did see... I've got to try this at some point to see. I, d I doubt it's going to work with ours, but I, the latest do this thing to your pets and film it thing that I saw this week is when your cat is sleeping, you put a treat near to their face and watch them sort of gradually start tasting the air and like oh i know they like they start like sticking out their tongue and like sleep eating <laughs> yeah and gradually yep yep that's oh, great that's great yeah <laughs> so i gotta get i gotta give that a go and see if that works but you haven't done it Didn't, yet. no i haven't done that yet okay. i just saw a video of someone doing it just like trust. a lot of these things that i see people doing videos of don't work like the 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 drawing a box on the ground and your cat gets into it. Mm -hmm. Like, oh. doesn't do that one. Right. Um, and then a like lot you, of the... Just a, like a one-dimensional square? Yeah, you put... You just or like chalk a... You chalk a square on the ground or like make it with tape and then they get into the box even though it's just lines oh, on the ground. Oh, got it, got it, got sure. it. Sure. My cat only does that with pentagrams with chalk, which is weird. <laughs> it's very unnerving. Um, <laughs> she's always... We, we, sometimes they just appear anyway. Like, I'll wake up and she has one and she's in it. And uh, it's, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. 
<laughs> we tried um, uh, it, the Jim Je- when I was working on Jim Jeffries. There were a couple of office dogs, and we tried doing the ma- the disappearing magic trick on them. That was another video that was going around where you stand in a doorway and you like throw a sheet up or a blanket oh. up in the air, and you then you like disappear behind. You sort of duck around the doorway, so when the blanket falls, you've gone. And in the videos, the dogs just run concerned to the to see where the person has disappeared and none of our office dogs could give less of a shit <laughs> <laughs> they, could, they could not they could not have cared they just sort of like went oh all right and just wandered off in the opposite direction yeah i feel like animals all have such distinct personalities it really is like it's kind of like a very presumptuous of us to be like yeah all dogs are gonna do this Yep. They're not a monolith. <laughs> They're not. <laughs> it it is fun how like I think I think pet owners tend to fall into that pet I, I don't think many pet owners will tell you their pet is average. Like they'll either tell you that their dog or their cat is smarter than average or dumb as shit. And they'll take <laughs> real pride in that, just going, Yeah, he's the dumbest dog. <laughs> like it's just so stupid. It's like children, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no one wants an average kid. You want the real outliers. Yeah, you want like no, seriously, this is a problem. <laughs> it's just it, it that is amazing to me. It's it's uh we're coming up on eight billion people on Earth. So wow. like the the chances of you having just a mediocre child are overwhelming. <laughs> overwhelming like like a 99.99999 percent yeah and people can't handle it this meme you guys seen this meme go around that just has a bell curve and you know it has like a drawing of an idiot drawing of an average person then drawing of like a whatever like elite uh hooded monk or whatever on the right side of the curve I, I don't know I, what I, I could be just my tailored social media but I, for some reason this looks like it's like a concept that's going viral right now, just that there is a distribution of intelligence, which is like obvious on the one hand, but also you don't yeah. really think about it that often. Just what a huge difference there is between a 150 and a 50 IQ. <laughs> like, and the right. fact that we all live on this planet together and there are people who will literally never understand things. It's sure. Sure. It's, it's kind of like it applies to lots of, uh, like I think uh, not to get into politics like this theory of mind stuff like like wrapping your head around how someone else could think about something is is not that easy or also thinking about like I think a lot of people aren't smart enough to grasp what the concept of super intelligence would mean and that's why a lot of people aren't that scared of the coming AI mm. stuff because they're like oh we could always and they'll just insert an argument that only makes sense if you are smarter than a thing and it's like no 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 if this thing is truly way more intelligent than any human by definition we couldn't outsmart it or it would not be more intelligent than a human <laughs> like that's right. built into the definition right. but that isn't that just how our i mean literally our brains only work from their own perspective like you can't but, but i can't i can't actually picture the fourth dimension i know i never will be able to but i can wrap my head around the concept 
the same way someone should be able to wrap their head sure. on the concept of an intelligence that greatly exceeds theirs, even though they okay. wouldn't know yeah. how it actually thinks right. Right. or how it plays well, Street Fighter. Oh, there it is. <laughs> there guys. it is. There it is. What do you got? What are you, lay- what are you laying on us? I just oh. dropped a link to a tech radar story. Uh, we're one step closer to the Matrix. AI defeats human champion in Street Fighter with the revolutionary type of memory it uses to make itself even more powerful. The AI system powered by phase change memory and reinforcement learning was trained for just two days. So researchers from the Singapore University of Technology and Design created a new software centered around reinforcement learning and phase change memory that's designed to understand complicated movement design. Previous work has applied this kind of deep learning to other games like chess or Go, but they decided instead to expose the DPPO algorithm to the rigors of Street Fighter Champion Edition 2. The SUTD researchers trained its... SFR2 AI player on two days of consecutive play against the computer before letting it loose on a human participant who the AI-powered system beat comfortably. The work has implications... Oh, is, oh sorry. I was going to say, this is sending by Sean Robertson. Thank you, Sean. Thanks, Sean. Uh, the work has implications for movement science more broadly, according to the research paper, and can possibly be fed into improving robotics and autonomous vehicles, for example. It paves the way for broadly applicable training in fields where machines may observe human norms and attempt to replicate and outperform them. Ask. Hey, um, hey, if you if you are you know if you are worried that you're not as smart as you are, but without cause, because say you have you know crazy imposter syndrome, is there is there a hilarious and very well written book by a fantastic comedian and writer that people could access? That full of full of essays and and hmm. all sorts of personal anecdotes and stories and if so i wonder where someone could buy such a great book oh well i i wrote one what what yeah i just remembered i wrote one i wrote one that sounds similar to what you're saying (laughs) all right but it's you know it's available where books are sold independent (laughs) bookstores book big bookstores audio bookstores ebook stores did you do your own audiobook narration? I did. It was hard. I I thought I would like it more, but it was honestly kind of grueling. I I've, I've heard that from other people who've done that. It's just it's a long time to read in a row. <laughs> like even though it's your own work and you know you're proud of it, it's just a long time to spend in a booth talking. Yeah, and also with like some of the essays I wrote were, you know, kind of personal and then you're just like there with a sound engineer and like a director you've just met and they're nice, right. but like you've never really known them before and then they're just like quietly sitting and then occasionally they'll be like, You stumbled on when you said my shame, you know, or whatever. And that- <laughs> <laughs> it's funny when uh, I think it's funny when people um like not not like a, a fiction or something like that, but uh when it's a memoir or autobiographical book, mm. it's funny when people don't like yeah. like uh like Britney Spears did not read her own audiobook for the it's like she's really? around, she's here. Oh. Um, and they're just like, nah, nobody wants to hear that for eight hours. Nobody's going to, nah. Interesting. <laughs> By the just, way, Aparna, I just clicked on the Amazon link to the Audible book, and guess who's the number one new release in anxiety disorders? <laughs> Thank gosh. <laughs> oh, number one, where it counts. <laughs> where it counts. Wow. Congratulations. So, Thank we you will so link to that. much. Uh, Upon a where where else can our listeners find you? 
I have a website that I'm trying to be more engaged with, but it exists. It's aparnacomedy.com. And then, yeah, I, I've been so bad about maintaining a web presence as of late, but I do have a website and I do have an Instagram, aparnapkin. Get, get on get on them. You can find us, probablyscience.com is the website. You can find us on Twitter at probablyscience, individually at Andy T. Wood, at Jesse Case, and at Matt Kirshen. And if you want to email us in with any questions, comments, clarifications, stories you would like us to cover, you can do that, probablyscience at gmail.com. Uh, probablyscience.com is also the website where we have our Patreon links, uh, where we, we will do an extra story after this for our Patreon patrons. And also, um, we post links to all the stories we cover, all of that kind of stuff. And... If you're not able to support the Patreon, you can also help us by spreading the word, writing nice things about us online. We really appreciate all of that. Also, one other unsolicited plug, but anyone who's in or near New York, uh, you're about to have a visit, a very rare visit from Ed Byrne, friend of the show, Ed Byrne. He was on uh, during lockdown, but one of my absolute favorite comics, Irish comic based in the UK, and his show, which he took to the Edinburgh Festival this year, that was very, very highly regarded. and it's I, I really want to see it at some point. Uh, it's, it's meant to be fantastic, but he's doing it at the Soho Playhouse, I think it is. But he's about to do a run in New York. So anyone, anyone listeners anywhere on the East Coast, go to that. Um, any other plugs? Anything else anyone needs to pitch? Not I. No, man. I don't. Come on. I don't have a career <laughs> uh, anymore. What are you talking? Like, well, then we will we will finish up the main episode. But listeners, thank you so much, and Aparna, thank you for joining. And get Aparna's book from all good yes. bookstores. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.